Sisu means tenacity of purpose, bravery, and resilience, which is at the heart of Dr. J.L. Beasley's coaching business named Her Sisu. She created a journal of love to support survivors of abusive relationships, and you can find it on Amazon. To learn more, visit www.hersisu.com. That's H-E-R-S-I-S-U.com. Welcome to season two of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful, fresh, out-of-the-box perspective. Every episode includes burning questions, spicy conversations, and tips to happiness. Are you ready for an amazing act two? Then join me on today's episode. It's time to get your new beginning started. When was the last time you felt like a badass? What were you doing? I know when I feel like a badass, I'm typically carrying two cameras on a harness, photographing an event for eight plus hours. It always kicks my butt, but I feel so awesome after the fact. Or I can feel pretty badass when I'm putting more money into my Roth IRA, or when I'm carrying four bags of groceries into the house in one trip. I love doing that. I feel so badass. Well, it's Mother's Day in five days, which makes it the perfect time to talk about badass mothers. Whether you are one or know one or have one, you're going to love this conversation today with my guest, Dr. Juanetta Beasley. Juanetta is an author, a speaker, the creator of Her Sisu, and a healing journey expert who's turned her pain into purpose. And she has such an inspiring message and how she became more badass after divorce. Today, she and I were going to chat about qualities that make up a badass mother. I know it's going to be so spicy. I'm so excited. And I'm excited for you to join us in this inspiring, and I think it's going to be an invigorating Mother's Day conversation. Now let's get started with some burning questions. Burning questions. Let's turn up the heat for 60 seconds. All right. Well, I am so excited to be with a badass mother today. Thank you so much for being part of this delicious episode, Juanetta. How are you doing today? Gorgeous, as usual. I'm feeling sassy today. I can tell. You got the sassy (laughs) lip on. I love it. It's very inspiring. Well, are you ready for your burning questions? They have been tailored just for you. Ooh, I'm ready. Ooh, la la, spicy. Okay, here we go. 60 seconds are on the clock. If you had a 25-hour day and everyone else still had only a 24-hour day, what would you do with the extra time? Sleep. Is there a food that you think is really kind of gross, but you make your kid eat it anyway because it's good for him? Asparagus. How do you live on the edge? (laughs) I'm a maintenance man. (laughs) What's a new passion you've discovered since divorce? Being spontaneous. I was going to say your maintenance man, but anyway, okay. (laughs) Are you a fan of breakfast in bed on Mother's Day? No. If you were stranded with your kid, what is one thing you hope you'd have on hand? Earplugs. What's a co-parenting challenge? A shared decision making. If there was one mommy duty that you would never have to do again, what would it be? Laundry. Who's an iconic mother that you look up to? Two-part. Um, fictional will be uh, 
Mrs. Cosby, Dr. Cosby, and reality will be First Lady Michelle Obama. What is something you want more of? Money. Besides motherhood, what else makes you feel like a badass? That I am an entrepreneur. Oh, I know, right? Boom. I love it. Juanetta is in the house. Oh, that was so fun for me. Hope it was spicy for you. I'm thinking about that maintenance man. We'll talk about that after the episode, girl. We'll talk about that after the episode. Well, there are so many delicious qualities that we badass moms encompass. And today, you and I, we're going to discuss several of them. And of course, we're going to keep it very spicy. And one badass skill I know that we've talked about prior to this episode that we want the listener to consider fostering and becoming more effective in is being a negotiator. I know, I know you're nodding your head. After divorce, there is this thing that we talked to earlier in the burning questions about being a co-parent with right. you know an ex. And I know that I've had to improve my negotiation skills around that whole arena. So I would love for you to share a bit more about how you have become a better negotiator since your divorce and also just sharing the qualities, like what makes a good negotiator? Absolutely. I have had to determine what's important to me and what's not important to me. So I'm from the South for the listeners, if they aren't able to hear the accent, but I'm from the South, y'all. I have had to say, okay, what molehill am I going to die on? That's our saying in the South. Okay. Uh, I we don't say that in Minnesota, molehill. but I like it. I like it. I'm going <laughs> to file it away. Okay. And then once you make that choice, understanding, you know, these are things I can control and these are things that are not in my control and just determining to just let it go. Because at the end of the day, if you let that fester inside of you, you are the person that ends up with the stress, the headaches, the ulcer, the weight gain, the sleepless nights. That's right. And it's not worth it. So that was one component. I said, okay, I have to do this, put this in there. The other component is making a list of those because if you're not great with negotiations or determining how to negotiate, you have to make a list. And for the listeners, I do have a reflective workbook journal that does do a guide through this called the journey of love. And what you want to do is determine, you know, what are my boundaries? When you think about a corporation, a corporation is going to have a mission statement, a vision statement. They're going to have policies and then you have to operate as an employee around the, like within the confines of those policies. Right. And that's the same thing with us as individual people that we have to think about it as what I say to others when I'm coaching is think about you, comma, incorporated. So I am one yet incorporated. Even if I was an entrepreneur, I'm one yet incorporated. These are my negotiables. These are my non-negotiables. These are my policies. And this is what we have to operate within. And then when once you have that, that helps you with moving forward with negotiating. So when it comes to other capacities of being a good negotiator, besides since knowing your limits, what other qualities mm-hmm. would you say? One thing that I know that for me has helped me be a better negotiator with my ex is being more compassionate. Yes, absolutely. Being compassionate, being understanding. 
when I think about co-parenting with my son's father, what I had to do is say, okay, I know this man loves this kid and he's not going to do anything to harm him. And he is going to parent differently. I parent differently than he does. And how would I feel if he were to come to me and say, you know, what are your plans for today with him? Or what are your plans for the weekend with him? And I don't approve of ABC activity. And I, that's how I had to frame it in my head. Um, a, a perfect example of that is would be taking him out of town. At one point, <laughs> I was like, I need to know in the great state of where we live, I need to know every single town you're taking him into. Now, you could weave in and out of towns, <laughs> just the way how things are zoned easily. And he, I was glad that he spoke up. He was like, well, you know, that is not realistic. I, I like would agree with him. him. I'm going to take his side on that one. <laughs> That's not realistic. He's like, just picking him up from school and taking him home. We crossed through three towns. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that makes sense. So I had to say, okay, what mole hill am I going to die on? And it was, okay, if you're going to take him out of state, I would like to know if he's going to be out of state. That way, if an emergency happens, I have an idea of how I probably need to make plans to get to my son. And so that's what I would say. Like you said, being compassionate and fair, fair, reasonable, compassionate. Those are important qualities to have. And then being respectful when you communicate these negotiables. I think a lot of women are conditioned to be, you know, you're from the South, I'm from the North, but I still think a lot of women are conditioned to be people pleasers. Oh, I saw an eye roll listener. (laughs) Does that resonate with you? Well, I'm yet a, I think it might. And oh. I think because we've been so conditioned to be people pleasers that we don't know how to say no. We we don't know. You talked about boundaries earlier. We don't know kind of what our limits are. And so I'm hearing you say today that being a good negotiator includes knowing those things and being able mm-hmm. to not have to please someone else or make sure everyone, someone else is okay, but knowing what, what you're needing and what your limits and what your boundaries are. Right. I remember when, when you separate from someone and divorce from someone and you go from having access to your children, our child every day to now there is a schedule, right? I had a hard time adjusting to, I don't have my son in the house every day. And then we shifted to, okay, well, let me take that back. I shifted to, I'm going to fill my schedule with, let me rediscover things I used to have an interest in, whether it was going to a museum or going to have a massage or a nail appointment. And then his father would call and say, I remember one time he dropped him off at the nail salon. I'm in the middle. Really? (laughs) Yes. Bold move. He was like, oh, dad move there. He was like, I have something to do. Um, I'm going to drop. Where are you at? I was like, "Uh, I'm at the nail salon. He was like, I'm going to drop him off. And I remember sitting in the nail salon with this kid. And I had another appointment afterwards where I just thought I I didn't have plans to have my child today. (laughs) Not that I turn off being a mother, but in terms of physical responsibility for him, I was like, "I, I didn't have plans for that today. And those are some of the catalyst moments that I remember saying, I have to speak up. I have to create boundaries around this. Absolutely. If it's an emergency, for sure. He got locked out the house or you're running late from work or whatever you're doing. Are you able to pick him up? Absolutely. But just to say, 
uh, something came up better on my calendar. I'm going to just drop them off wherever you are. That's not acceptable. But moving past, like you said, being a people pleaser, that was a large, steep hill that I had to climb to get there to be able to mouth those words. You know, hey, we have to have a conversation about this. Talking about heart beating fast, feeling sweaty. Oh, he's going to think that I'm a bad mother. Other people hearing this are going to be like, oh my gosh, she's a horrible mother. And you have to move past that. That's really just more about our projection, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because other Mm -hmm. people aren't thinking that. They're just minding their own business, doing their own thing. They're minding their own business. Absolutely. When it comes to negotiations, one curiosity I have, and I want to hear your opinion is, do you think women are given permission by culture in general to be equipped negotiators? No, we're not. (laughs) No, we're not. What do you think that's about? Part of it is being raised to, um, women being raised are conditioned to, you take care of the house, you take care of your spouse, you meet the needs of the children, whatever those needs are. You put your needs and things that you want to do, your self-care on the back burner. And if you want to do those, the self-care things and taking care of you things first, then you're considered selfish. Oh my gosh, how dare you want to do that? And not be at your spouse beck and call or at your children's beck and call. And so we're we're not prepared to make assertive commands for this is how I want my life to go, or this is how I see my day going, or this is how I'm going to take care of me. And unfortunately, what happens for many women, not all, but for many women is they have to go through something that then projects them to that space. I I have to put me first. And and that something can often be a divorce. A divorce, some type of trauma that they then shift to that mindset. The flip side for males, they're raised to take care of their needs. Like, what do you want to do? How do you want that done? How fast do you want that done? What would you like for that to look like? And for women, it's, it's not the same. Those dynamics really come out on a date, don't they? Just the yes. conversation with the opposite gender on a date, I've really noticed that shows how we're really conditioned differently, how men and women mm. communicate on a first date. It's fascinating. I find it fascinating and sometimes annoying, but <laughs> I've gotten used to it in the last three and a half years. Okay. You're still talking. Okay. You're still talking. Okay. But that's not the topic today. So being a badass, I love how boundaries is just coming up again and again as a great theme to being a badass and being a good negotiator. I remember doing an interview early into my podcast and my guest at the time, she was a finance coach, Tanya Wade. And she talked to me about how a lot of women, when they're offered a job, they have no idea that they're supposed to negotiate a salary and they end up missing out on thousands of dollars because of that. And it's because again, we're so conditioned to not stick up for ourselves or speak up or Mm -hmm. think that we deserve more. How in in situations outside of parenting and being a co-parent, can we be just in general, better negotiators and be more badass? One of the things that I have, (laughs) one of the things that I say is you have to think, how is this going to serve you? you. How does this serve me? And then when you're able to answer that question, then you can move about many of the different 
experiences in life, co-parenting, negotiating salary or different benefits for a position, negotiating terms of a contract. But is this going to fill my bucket? And if it doesn't fill your bucket, then you can say no. One of the most empowering statements I had read, I can't remember if I read it or if I heard it somewhere, but it resonated with me. And it was no is a complete sentence. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is so powerful because in my past I've said no because I felt like I needed to explaining my whole life diary. Right? Why no is acceptable in this moment? Well, the washing machine broke at three, and then I had to call someone, and so no. Versus, I'm not able to attend to that, or I'm not able to go to that, or no, that's not acceptable. And moving forward without having to feel compelled. I need to offer some type of explanation to my no. The other part that was empowering that I can't remember again if I read it or um, heard it somewhere is that doing nothing is doing something. Oh, I know. I love practicing doing nothing. I'm getting so much better at it. (laughs) I was never good at it before my divorce one yet, but I have really leaned into the art of doing nothing. It is delicious. It is so fun. Delicious and not feeling like I now need to justify and say, if Sadie were to ask, well, yeah, what are you doing later? Nothing. Nothing. It's so fun. But what do you need? But what do you need me to do? I can do it because nothing is not important. No, nothing is important. I'm doing nothing. I know. I need to get back into the exercise of doing nothing. I kind of miss it. It leads to a lot of happiness. It definitely makes me feel badass when I'm doing nothing and just staring out my window. Little Lionel Richie in the background, you know, that always adds a layer of fun. Absolutely. But that will be the key. If I had to give one succinct answer, it would be figuring out if it serves you or not and then making a decision from that point. That is such a life skill, figuring out if something serves me. That is something that I know that I have not been as comfortable doing in my life. But since my divorce, it is something that I have been practicing asking because it matters. Mm -hmm. It matters. It definitely matters. It all counts, right? Uh, The other part I would add to that is determining, like looking at your areas of opportunities as a person and using that as a stepping stone for growth. And so I'll give an example for me and understanding and understanding why you have that as an opportunity. That's another, probably another topic for a whole nother day, but (laughs) understanding why do you have it as a weakness or an opportunity for you? So one for me would be asking for help. And I have had this issue with asking for help, right? So I can't negotiate well, if I don't know how to ask for help also, or what areas do you need assistance and however you want to frame it, but asking for help. And so I've, once I identified that, I said, okay, I need to practice this ongoing, even in the most simple of things. Are you able to help with this item? Are you able to help with that? When I go to the grocery store, because I mean, you're seeing me by camera, right? But I'm all of a very lengthy five feet tall. But I, when I go to the grocery store, I will climb a shelf to get something. But then I had to realize, I thought this looks really ridiculous if there's someone right there. Who can reach. That, happens, that can comfortably and safely reach versus me falling and hitting my head on this concrete floor of this grocery store, right? But I can say, hey, are you able to please grab this for me? And people are very more than happy to help in that way. 
Did you know the act of writing allows an individual to release emotions, reflect, and ultimately heal? Dr. J.L. Beasley created a journal of love to support survivors of abusive relationships. Her coaching business is named Her Sisu. Sisu is a Finnish word meaning stoic determination, tenacity of purpose, grit, bravery, and resilience, which is at the heart of Dr. Beasley's work. A Journal of Love is available on Amazon.com. If you want support on your healing journey, visit www.hersisu.com. That's H-E-R-S-I-S-U.com. People are always happy to help. I think it as women, I think we want to have that independence and prove something. Mm-hmm. And yet it isn't a sign of weakness for anyone, male or female, to ask for help. It's actually a sign of strength and confidence. So I appreciate right. you sharing that today. Right. The vulnerability is confidence. When it comes to boundaries, I know that I've had to learn how to even identify what my needs are. So if I don't know what my needs are, it's hard to have boundaries. How do you, when you're coaching women or your clients, how do you help them even just begin by identifying what they need? Because again, we're just so conditioned to be selfless and not Mm -hmm have needs, but yet having that mentality gets us stuck in situations that aren't healthy for us and unhappy dynamics doesn't allow us to move forward if we can't identify what we need so that we know what the next steps are in order to get our needs met. So the first question to ask, or I ask clients that I'm working with, and I even have it in the reflective workbook journal framed differently because the person is filling it out, of course. But when I'm working with someone, I'll say, well, how can I help you? Or why are you here? Because when I get inquiries, I receive them and they're from the perspective of how this per is for another person. It's not for that person. So an example of that will be my spouse and I are, we're in this space of we're trying to decide if we're going to stay together or not, or we just had this big argument and we haven't spoken in a few days and I'm trying to figure out what made them upset. And I'll say, okay, thank you for sharing that. And so how can I help you specifically? I heard how, (laughs) what the other person needs or what you're trying to figure out on behalf of the other person. But what you're trying to take care of the other person. Right. And it takes them a while to answer that question. And sometimes they'll have to step away and say, well, I need to think about that and I'll get back with you. But they're not able to articulate very easily what their needs are, whether it's, I need to figure out if I even need to be in a situation where someone is giving me the silent treatment. Exactly. Or I need Thank to figure out. Thank you for out- saying that. <laughs> right. Been there. I need to figure out why I keep letting this person come in and out as if I have a revolving door. I need to figure that out. Been there. Are you reading my mind, Juanita? <laughs> How did you know that I've been there too? How did you know that? Such a badass. You so badass over there. You just know me so well. Look, it happens to so many of us women is unfortunately too, way too common. Because we aren't having boundaries because we don't know what we need. And, and we are conditioned that way yes, from. It's so deep. Right? It's so deep. It is. Even down to when you give your, your baby girl, take care of the doll baby. Does the doll baby need its clothes change? Comb your doll's hair. That's right. Yeah. So it is such it's deep conditioned. conditioning. I, you know, I have learned that when I can identify my needs and my boundaries, I become a better negotiator. And all of that. Yes leads to so much more happiness. I know you have such a rich story and I want to ask, how have you gotten better at setting boundaries? I've gotten better at setting boundaries by going through a second divorce. (laughs) 
that's what I had to say. Okay, look, I'm way too old for this. I need to pause and figure out what happened. Why did it happen? And I refuse to allow this to happen again. And it goes back to being conditioned to people, please. Not understanding my why, not filling my bucket, ignoring my gut, everything, intuition, everything inside of me saying, hey, I'm sounding off the alarm. Something is not right. Mm -hmm. So all of those things going back to say, okay, why am I allowing that to happen? And I need to put some boundaries on that so that it does not happen again. I need to take care of one yet incorporate it. Right. Because I was like, I'm just letting this corporation run amok here. I'm just letting employees come and go and do what they (laughs) want to do. Giving them way too many benefits. Giving those employees way too many benefits, girl. And I've done the same. I know it. Didn't even let them do the whole 90-day probation. I was just like, this is only two weeks. You're good. Oh. That was that was what it was for me. That was my my catalyst for making a change and identifying what was important to me establishing those boundaries and recognizing that I role model for my child what, because he's a male, so this is important to me, what he can expect out of women. I just saw my mom growing up allowed this to happen and that to happen. So this is my expectation when I interact with women, when he gets older, that they can just do whatever, you know, I can do whatever I want to do as a male. It's her responsibility to allow me to do that. I'm going to get a little bit off topic just because I think this is an important point. I was having a conversation with a girlfriend just last night, Juanetta, and we mm-hmm. were talking about how we women allow, whether we consciously realize it or not, men to behave quite badly. We kind of reinforce behavior because we keep accepting it instead of mm-hmm. having limits and boundaries and sticking to them. Correct. I will speak for myself and then let the audience <laughs> decide what their journey or, or history has been. But for me, it was making excuses instead of saying, okay, th- these are my, these are my boundaries. These are my policies. You're not meeting performance. (laughs) So there you go. Off you go. There are plenty other applicants. Instead of having that mindset, an abundance mindset, I had more of a limited mindset. mindset, right? Oh my goodness. This person is just having a bad day. Or once this person gets past this hurdle, it'll be different. Mm -hmm. Or once this person is removed from XYZ situation, whether it's a bad work environment or a situation they're dealing with an X, then hopefully it'll be a happier day. And having to make that decision of that's not acceptable because who's getting injured in that process? Like I am. And like you said, so many women do that. We make excuses and rationalize it and allow the other person just to behave very badly. But what is so inspiring about your story and so many stories about badass mothers is that you have turned your pain into purpose and and you've done it in your own life. And you've also created this wonderful tool that you've been referring to referencing throughout our chat today that I want other badass moms to hear about. So talk more about how your journey has brought you to this place where you now are offering your coaching and this wonderful workbook. With this Finnish word, I'm Norwegian, so I'm like, ooh, I love the Finnish word. But you can educate the listener about that because it'll become much more delicious coming from you than me. (laughs) 
Sure. So I've done one of those ancestry, not, this is honestly not where it came from, but (laughs) interestingly enough, when I went to look back at my results, having a a different conversation last week with someone else, I was like, oh my gosh, that is at the very, 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 very bottom of my ancestry results. The 8% finish, 8%. Welcome to the (laughs) Scandinavian family. We embrace you with open arms. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, how old is that? So yes, as I mentioned, I'm a two-time divorcee. And the second time around, unfortunately, the first time around, I dealt with some other things that I said, okay, I will never, that's my hard stop. I will not tolerate adultery. And followed by, I can tolerate anything except that. Well, the universe challenged me. It was like, oh, did you say so? And so the second time around, it was domestic violence. And I entered a really dark space because I had no idea that domestic violence could happen to someone like me. That was not the image I had in mind in terms of a person who is abused, unfortunately. So I had this stereotype, so to speak. So once I identified that what I endured was definitely domestic abuse, then I went into this dark space of shock, denial, the whole grief process. And living in silence because of being a people pleaser, worried more so not about how are you doing mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically? I was more so worried about what are people are going to think, not even about the abuse, but that you are on your second husband out the door. Like, what are people going to say? So I lived in this space of, I'm just of make-believe, of fiction, showing up at work every day, putting on the pretty lipstick. How was your weekend with your blended family? Oh, it was amazing. And so I got to a space where it was starting to impact me physically and decided to open my mouth. And unfortunately, there were so many other women that came forward and said, this has happened to me too. Or on the flip side of that, it's still happening to me. But again, that scarcity mindset of, I don't want to leave. I'm too old to start over. I don't want my kids to be raised in separate homes, et cetera. And so the more and more I started to have conversations with women and share my experience, the more not only did it heal me, but I realized that I need to answer this call of helping other people on their healing journey from abuse. And then that's how I came up with my first resource, which is this reflective workbook journal. I have a book coming soon just so that it raises the awareness of the many forms of domestic violence that will be released during the month of October for Domestic Violence Support Month. Um, But my resource, A Journey of Love, is my first baby. And it's a reflective workbook journal going through, again, the reflective questions about what are your negotiables? What are your non-negotiables? Boundary settings, different examples of relationship situations so that you can process through, even if you haven't been through those situations, you can process through and kind of develop that. So while all of this is going on, I said, okay, I'm operating as a business. I need to name my business and naming is important, at least like when I think about my name and where it came from and me naming my son and what his name means. I was like, the name for my business has to be meaningful as well. And so what kept sticking out for me was resilience, resilience, resilience. And I was like, I want the word resilience in the name of my business, but I just couldn't find anything. (laughs) that sound 
Right. And as I was doing research on the word resilience, what came up with Sisu? And it is um, a word from Finland. It's a Finnish word. And it means grit, tenacity of purpose, resilience, bravery. And for people in Finland, it is not, it's not an adjective, but it's more of a way of being. It's a way of life. And it landed for me. And I said, that's it. So my business name is Her Sisu. And you can find me on Instagram as Her Sisu. Her underscore Sisu. (laughs) So I'm there. I'm on TikTok. Don't laugh at me dancing, but I try to get the message across and raise awareness and look fun doing <laughs> absolutely very badass of you i'm gonna go follow you on tiktok right now follow me on tiktok um as dr jayetta so you can find me there as well and i also have the website hersisu.com well this has been such a powerful episode about how we as badass moms can be better negotiators put ourselves first have clearer boundaries and heal ourselves through experiences that have taught us so much and that we do not want to repeat because we are on a different path and that path is a happier, much happier, more joyful, empowered path. Yes. Thank you so much for being the guest today. And thank you also for being the sponsor this month. Thank you for having me. You are a bright light. And I am so grateful again to have met you and for what you're putting out into the world and how you are healing others through your own powerful story. Happy Mother's Day to you, my dear. Oh, happy Mother's Day to you as well. Oh, that was such an inspiring chat and so invigorating and hopeful. And I feel I feel more like a badass. I hope you feel the same. Thank you again, uh, Juanetta, for your story and your passion. You are such a force in the world. And your humor, oh, I love your humor too. And you, my lovely listener, you are a force in the world as well, whether you're a mom or a dad or not. I feel quite certain that after today's episode, I'm just going to guess that you are even more prepared and possibly even more excited to embrace that inner negotiator and also hone those sexy boundaries of yours. I think clear boundaries are just so spicy and delicious as our conversations about maintenance men. I love that. Thank you, Juanetta, which is what I plan to have more of on May 18th in the Red Room with other like-minded women. And I want you, if you're a fierce female listening today, to join us in the fun. Our sexpert this month is the Queen of Kink. Her name is Sylvie B. And she and I are so excited to talk about the thousands of ways to be kinky in the Red Room this month with our members. And we had so much fun with Dr. Dr. Ina Ferguson last month in the Red Room. I mean, she she had all of her lady part puppets and every delectable toy under the sun to show us. It was the ultimate show and tell extravaganza. So I want you to join us this month on May 18th. It's a Wednesday and you can visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net to get all the info on the Red Room and you can also find the link in the show notes. So definitely meet up with us this month. It's going to be delicious. Okay, this entire conversation on being a badass mother has made me feel especially happy, which makes it, of course, the perfect time to share a tip to happiness with you. Say these tips to happiness. 
My tip to happiness for you this week is I want you to celebrate the small wins this week. It is so easy to get hung up on all the things that we're not getting done around the house or at work or with our family. And it's so easy to feel so critical about ourselves. As a photographer, I often hear from clients what they don't like about their appearance and why they think they don't take a good photograph. But I know, I know after 20 years of taking headshots and portraits, that just isn't true. Everyone can take a good picture if they just shift their focus on what they love about how they look or how they feel in a certain color shirt or how they feel when their hair and makeup is on point. You can all take a good photograph if you can focus on the things that you feel good about. So instead of focusing on the things that are bringing you down this week that are discouraging you, I want you to focus on the small wins, the little things that you're getting done every day, the fun surprises that are coming along your path throughout the week. The fact that the sun is out and it's not raining, that is a small win in my opinion, because the weather has been terrible in Minnesota this spring. Plus, research says that when we acknowledge the small wins, the circuits in our brain release all of those happy chemicals that we love so much. And also when we feel a little proud of ourselves, we also become more motivated. I know, isn't that a fun little bonus? So give yourself a break from critique this week. It's Mother's Day week. Give yourself a break from all of that and focus on the little wins. And of course, remember what a badass you are. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to subscribe, rate, and of course, review the podcast. And I want you to be part of this playful life after divorce community by following me on Instagram and Facebook at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Be sure to also visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net to download Sadie's eight tips to happiness. And you'll also find all of my podcast episodes on my website as well. If you found value in today's episode, or if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now, consider being an official sponsor. Just email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about this tasty opportunity. And speaking of tasty, you can also treat me to a cup of coffee. It's simple. Just visit buymeacoffee.com com backslash Sadie Marie, and you can buy me a cup or two online. And I thank you in advance for your support. Again, I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I look forward to connecting with you on the next spicy episode. Until then, be sure to treat yourself to some delicious act two fun.